Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about why we actually learn better from success than failure, why ravens are so smart that they're making us rethink the way brains work, and why reaching a temperature of absolute zero is absolutely impossible. Let's satisfy some curiosity. We're supposed to learn from our mistakes, right? That less than positive performance review? A learning experience. That homemade dinner that landed in the garbage can? A good opportunity for growth. But according to new research, that's not really how our brains work. We actually learn more from our successes than we do from our failures. Researchers from the University of Chicago recently conducted five experiments where they asked nearly 2,000 people to take some tests. When it came time to grade the tests, they told some of the participants which questions they got right. They told the other participants which questions they got wrong. When it came time to retake the test, those who got positive feedback actually scored better. According to the researchers, people just tune out when they hear about what they have done wrong. It's too overwhelming to hear about our failures, and it doesn't feel good, so we stop listening. When we stop listening, we can't learn. And that principle holds true even when feedback on our mistakes is structured to facilitate learning. According to past research, another reason it's hard to learn from failure is that we read too far into it. People might assume that a mistake means they're not committed to the goal, or that they're just not cut out for it in the first place. That's especially true if you're a novice who's just starting to pursue that goal. And interestingly, we can learn from the mistakes of others. That suggests that one thing that makes us not learn as well is the threat to our egos. Basically, when our own work isn't what's being critiqued, we can hear and learn from the feedback. So failure isn't always what's best for learning. And that suggests that teachers, coaches, and bosses might want to shift how they give feedback in the future. Praise what goes well instead of critiquing what goes poorly. After all, there are many ways to fail at something and only a few ways to succeed. Positive reinforcement might feel strange at first, but science says the learning will come. Have you ever called someone bird-brained as an insult? Well, you might want to rethink that, because birds can be surprisingly smart, especially ravens. Ravens can perform some surprisingly complex tasks and even mimic human speech. And as if that's not enough, recent research is showing that they can plan ahead. Yes, plan ahead, which is something that was once seen as unique to humans and great apes. This research might mean that we all need to rethink everything we know about bird brains. For a 2017 study, researchers trained ravens to use a tool to open a puzzle box. Inside that box, there was a food reward. Then the researchers presented the ravens with the box but no tool and left the box in the cage for a while before they took it away. An hour later, they again presented the raven with the tool along with other random objects. Even though the box was out of sight, nearly every raven chose the correct tool, then successfully opened the puzzle box when it returned 15 minutes later. That's on par with what apes can do, even though ravens don't have a primate's dexterity for tools. Then, in an experiment that involved bartering and planning, the birds outperformed the apes yet again. Researchers gave ravens a token that they could use to barter for one object from a collection of miscellaneous items, including the box opening tool and an immediate reward. Overall, ravens preferred the box opening tool. It makes sense that primate species perform complex tasks that we used to think were uniquely human. I mean, we shared a common ancestor about 7 million years ago, right? 
But ravens and great apes haven't shared a common ancestor in more than 300 million years. And that suggests these advanced feats of brain power evolved separately, as in once in apes and once in birds. It could also mean our understanding of bird brains is just beginning. For instance, we've always believed that in order to recognize yourself in a mirror, your brain needs a neocortex, which is unique to mammal species. But magpies recognize themselves without a neocortex. If birds evolved higher level thinking independently from our primate ancestors, then judging their smarts from how much their brains look like ours may be misguided. When it comes to avian intelligence, maybe it's human researchers who are really the bird brains. But to be clear, researchers are really smart. They are really smart. And actually, the people who just discovered this are like, they're expanding our understanding of intelligence. It's great when we find out that we were wrong about stuff. Today's episode is sponsored by Paint Your Life. Have a world-class artist create an original painting from your favorite photo at a price you can afford at paintyourlife.com. Paint Your Life was a lifesaver for my older brother's wedding a few months ago. I wanted to get something special for him and his wife since, you know, he's my brother and I also officiated their wedding, so I set a kind of high expectation for myself. Well, he and his wife love their selfies. No joke, when they got down the aisle, I literally took her phone and took a selfie during the ceremony. Aww. That's how much they like their selfies. <laughs> it was the bride's idea, by the way, just to be clear. <laughs> so before the wedding, I found a blurry photo of them on their Facebook page that they took when they were on a vacation in Mexico. I sent it over to paintyourlife.com, and an artist made a clear and crisp painting for them to put on their wall. My sister-in-law told me she always loved that photo, so it was pretty much the perfect gift when they got it, you know, done by a professional artist. Not to mention, pretty unexpected. If you want to give a great and truly meaningful gift, you've got to try paintyourlife.com. Right now is a limited time offer. You can get 30% off your painting. That's right, 30% off and free shipping. To get this special offer, text the word CURIOUS to 64000. That's CURIOUS to 64000. Text C-U-R-I-O-U-S to 64000. In case you missed the memo, it's finally been settled. It is impossible to reach absolute zero. That's the hypothetical temperature at which all molecular activity is supposed to stop. We're dealing with some pretty chilly winter weather here in Chicago right now, but what I had to deal with on my commute to work this morning is pretty balmy compared to absolute zero, which is literally zero Kelvin. That's roughly minus 273.15 degrees Celsius. Quite obviously, it would be impossible for us humans to experience that kind of temperature. And after years of controversy, researchers have concluded that absolute zero is impossible to reach no matter who you are. The reason has to do with all the wacky stuff that happens to molecules when chilly temperatures slow them way down. So let me back up a bit. The whole absolute zero debate started back in the 1900s. That's when German chemist Walther Nernst put forward the principle that as a system's temperature approaches zero, the system's entropy also goes to zero. Entropy being the measure of disorder in the system. So low temperature, low disorder. He also argued that absolute zero is actually impossible to achieve. That was because of the Heisenberg uncertainty principle, which states we can't know both the exact position and momentum of a particle at the same time. What this essentially means is there are always small fluctuations of movement in a particle, so a system's entropy can't go down to zero. This law has been debated for years. But a 2017 study confirmed that reaching zero Kelvin is physically impossible. And here's why. Think of it this way. 
When a system cools off, it's essentially shoveling the heat in it to the surrounding environment, so to speak. But cooling is limited by a couple of factors, namely how many steps it takes to shovel the heat out and the size of the surrounding environment. You can only reach absolute zero, then, if you have both infinite steps and an infinite surrounding environment. The researchers used quantum mechanics to arrive at their conclusion, viewing the cooling process as a computation. They confirmed it's impossible to cool a system to absolute zero in a finite amount of time, and established a relation between time and the lowest possible temperature, which is the speed of cooling. This was a long-standing debate about the third law of thermodynamics, but it's finally been put to bed. And now, hopefully, you know more than zero about absolute zero. Well, what did we learn today? I learned that failure is even worse than we thought. <laughs> it's not... <laughs> That's not the that's not the right take. Oh, did I did I fail at explaining you did failure? Well, no, we learned that you can learn more from your successes than your failures because getting feedback on your failure is overwhelming and kind of hard to hear. And you don't really internalize it as well as you do hearing feedback on your successes. And I learned that ravens can plan ahead. And the fact that they evolved this separately from primates means maybe we should rethink what we know about how our brains work. And researchers calculated that absolute zero is absolutely impossible. Basically, a system's surrounding environment would have to be infinitely large for all the heat from that system to move into it, at least in a finite amount of time. If you have forever, then you're fine. We don't have forever. We never have forever. Unless you're Buzz Lightyear. Because mm. uh, then it's to infinity and beyond. No. <laughs> that reference <laughs> upsets me for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> Today's stories were written by Ashley Hamer, Joni Folletto, and Kelsey Donk, and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Script writing was by Cody Goff and Sonia Hodgen. Curiosity Daily is produced and edited by Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network. 